Hello, my name is Ty Kashmiri. Thank you for tuning in to Stay in the Know, the Ty Kashmiri Show. Hi, thanks for tuning in to episode 27. This is our last episode of 2020. We will bring you in 2021 with a new episode, but this is the last one. Thank goodness 2020 is over. I'm here with my uh, co-host, Megan. Megan, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Aren't you glad this is the last one for 2020? You know what? I'm so over 2020. I'm so excited that we can see the light to 2021. Let's hope it's a good one. I, I think it's going to be. Megan and I are going to discuss today advice for first-time insurance buyers, more importantly, millennials, which you are, Megan, correct? You and your husband? Yeah, I'm the last year of the millennials. So they say millennials go from 1981 to 1996. Okay. So I'm the last year of the millennial. Interesting. What is after millennials? Gen Z, which is 97 to 2008, I want to say. So I've got a couple of Gen Z's in my house. Gen Z. I like it. Yes. All right. So especially when you don't know exactly what you're looking for, that's what we're trying to accomplish here for you today is just that how you can navigate through it. Um, obviously, a lot of people will go to their parents or, uh, or guardian or loved ones and ask some questions, but they're not the professionals. So we're going to try to put together some things that you need to think about and look for when you are out there shopping for insurance for the first time. So the first question I guess we would have to talk about is how do you know exactly what you need, right? So some things that you have to look at on the home side is whether or not you're purchasing a home or you're renting. Right now, Megan, you're renting, but looking for a home. Why don't you talk about the differences there and and is there any stress to that? how the market is here in Columbus, which is hot everywhere. And then um, what kind of challenges that you have, not just on the insurance side, but just finding a house. The market here in Columbus is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. If you are interested, even slightly interested in a house, you need to look at it within 48 hours and you need to be ready to make an offer on a house instantly. And usually more than the asking price, correct? Yeah. So normally you have to go in above asking, which everyone is going in above asking. So you just don't know how much people are going in above asking. You have to be fully prepared for anything. Um, It's 100% a seller's market right now. And so I feel like sellers can, you know, negotiate as much as they want and they can pretty much get whatever they want. So it's harder to be specifically a first time home buyer, I think, because it, I don't see the market cooling down anytime soon and interest rates are still really low. So it's a great time to buy because of that. But at the same time, you're putting more money into the house. So I see both sides. We have been looking for a house since Oh gosh, this summer, I think we started looking in July, June or July, and um, we've made several offers on different houses. And How many offers have you made since July? We've made three offers. The first offer was accepted, but the inspection went horribly. 
Yep. And so we backed out of that one. It needed over $100,000 worth of work. The second one, someone offered 40,000 more than what we were asking. And we were asking 10,000 more than asking. Wow. So um, we obviously didn't get that one. And then the third one, there were so many offers. They probably didn't even look at our offer because I think <laughs> someone asked so much more than what we did. And yeah. We were making competitive offers and putting 20% down. So it's not like we're bad buyers. It's just, we, we don't have that extra $40,000 cash to add to it. And sure. if we look below what we're looking at right now, the house is too small. We know we'll outgrow it so quick. Yeah. So um, we're just, we're kind of waiting for the right time. We're hopeful that something will come on the market and we'll be able to snag it, but it's a crazy, crazy hot market. And so when we moved into our rental, they told us, you know, you're required to get renter's insurance. I've always had renter's insurance. I started, I got my first renter's policy when I was in college. I rented an apartment with my best friend. And so her and I both got renter's insurance and I never thought anything of it. My landlord didn't require it, but we both still had it. Um, and then when our new landlord said, Hey, you, you need to have renter's insurance. I was like, Oh yeah, that's no big deal. Just let me know what it needs to be. And I'll make sure it gets done. And it instantly got done. It wasn't a big deal. So but you're asking for advice from your landlord of exactly what you need for renter's insurance. Exactly. I was like, okay, like what do you, do you want the liability to be set to anything in particular? Like tell me exactly what the requirements are and I'll make sure it gets done. Um, but I have friends who are like, oh, my landlord doesn't need renter's insurance. I don't have renter's insurance. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so maybe you could talk a little bit about why it's important, even if your condo or your apartment or wherever you live doesn't require you to have it. Sure. When you're living uh, under your parents' roof or whoever uh, you're living with, you don't think about things that are needed to protect the personal items because you're younger. When you get out on your own, if you don't have someone who can consult you or talk to you about it, you still don't understand why you would need something like that. Especially if you're living in a good neighborhood, a lot of people think that renters just protects you from theft. That is the misnomer. Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm living in a good neighborhood. Nobody's going to come in and steal my stuff. Well, there are so many other things. There are so many other perils, water, fire. You know, those items right there are definitely super big perils. When we talk about perils, these are items that could damage your property. These things can come in and just wreck your entire life. If you think about having to uh, not have insurance for all of your personal items and think you have to start all over, and like you talked about, it's hard enough to buy a house, but now you've got to start over with furniture, clothes, plates, silverware you know, things that are important to you, maybe a picture that your mom gave you for Christmas or a family memoir that you're keeping in a, in a shoebox, all these things that you have that you're looking forward to, to keep forever and a fire takes it all out. There are some things that insurance can't replace like that family heirloom, but what we can do is put everything back. So personal property, which is all the things, what I like to tell people is if you take your apartment, tip it upside down, shake it like a salt shaker, that is all your personal property. Um, and then you have the liability where somebody comes to the apartment and they get hurt and they want to make a, a suit against you and the landlord, we've got to defend that and there's liability limits there. So 
that is one of the reasons you want to have renter's insurance. Another reason is, is when you have car insurance, adding renter's insurance with most companies will give you a bundle discount. So you need the coverage. Of course, we just talked about why you need it. Why not have it with the same company and also receive a discount? So that is why you want it. Condo insurance is similar. Um, you might have some responsibilities in regards to the building. Maybe you have to take care of the drywall or anything that's permanently attached to the structure like the toilets or some of the appliances or countertops. Those might be your responsibilities or it could be just betterments or improvements. Maybe you have some improvements that you made. Maybe you upgraded the cabinets and those are the things that you're responsible for. Plus your personal property, just like a renter's policy and then the liability. Some people do get confused on a condo policy because they think it's like a renter's policy and they're only uh, responsible for the personal property when in turn they are also responsible for most of the time some type of the covering the building. So you have to read your uh, bylaws, know your bylaws, and you can get that from the property manager. And then in turn, they can tell you what you're responsible for. Then when you meet with your insurance agent, you know exactly how to uh, interpret what the coverage is going to be needed for you to make sure that if you have a claim, it's going to be covered properly. So renters is, is a tough one, but not as tough as condo and home. Home, there are so many things that you have to think about. What is the first thing that you think about, Megan, when, you were, when you're trying to insure for a home? Is there anything that worries you or you want to make sure you have that coverage? Something personal, just because my parents had a personal experience with it. Yeah. Um, sewer backup. Yep. I always want to make sure that I have that. And um, we talk a little bit about that in the endorsement episode. It's, an, it's a special endorsement that we have. But that's something that's important to me personally. Explain what happened in that claim. So my parents had, um, we, back in the day, we lived right by the river in Dublin. Yep. And it was a really bad storm. And my parents ended up, their sewer backup didn't work. And um, it was the same timeline when we had that huge power outage in 2008, I want to say. Yeah, you're correct. Yes. Somewhere around then. Yeah. And so um, we lost a lot of things in our basement. There was so much water damage. And so that's something that's important to me to make sure that that's a coverage that we have when we own a house, especially if we live somewhere close to a river or in a flooding zone area. That's something that's very important to me. Yeah. And your sump pump can just stop by what you explained before is no power, right? You're not home. Maybe you're on vacation. Maybe you're at work and there's a big storm and the power goes out and the sump pump's not working and water's flowing towards your home and the, the pump can't keep it off away from the house and it floods in the basement. So that is a coverage that we see a lot of frequency with claims. But again, if you're not like Megan, where you haven't experienced that in your family, you might not know that that's even available. That's why you have to have a great insurance advisor like we have here at Cashmere and Associates. So then we get into the home with the sewer backup and sump pump talking about endorsements like sewer backup and sump pump, and there's so many more that you need to be aware of. If you don't know about these endorsements, that's why you have to have a great insurance advisor 
like we have here at Cashmere and Associates. If you want to learn more about endorsements, you can check out our episode 23, which talks about all kinds of endorsements for home. But back to the homeowner's insurance, you want to make sure that you have an agent that's actually going to either do a Zoom call with you or sit down face to face and go through the coverages line by line. So many people get caught up about price, trying to fit it in their loan, make sure it's affordable, that they cut out a lot of endorsements or the coverage so that they can make their payment cheaper or the loan officer has convinced them that if they don't have it at a certain number, the loan won't get approved. You need to make sure that they are out there making sure that they have your best interests and so does the insurance agent. Because the worst thing you can do is close, forget all about the insurance and then have a, a catastrophe where you don't have the coverage. Yes. So those things can happen. Uh, you don't want to base your decision on price. You want to base your decision on a great insurance company that has great coverage and a great agent to service the policy. So when you're looking at home, that's the first thing you want to do. And then you want to do what we call a personal insurance review every year so that you can go over exactly what those coverages are and things can change. So I'll give you an example. Somebody might say, I really don't need sewer backup and sump pump. I just bought this home. We really don't have anything in the basement. We don't store a lot. And then a year later, they finish the basement. They put thousands of dollars in the basement and they don't contact their insurance agent. This is why you would want to have a personal insurance review because that question is going to come up. Have you made any major improvements to your house? Well, actually, yes, I finished my basement. Then in turn, that agent should offer the sewer backup and sump pump coverage. Absolutely. So personal, yeah, personal insurance reviews are so important. If you don't want to do them every year, we recommend at least to do them once every two. Then we get into the auto insurance, which this is one where so many young people, they're just looking for price. Can you talk about that, Megan? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are very price driven and they see commercials on TV or like a pop-up on Facebook and it's like, oh my gosh, I can only spend $5 for my car insurance. I'm like, I don't know if you want to only have $5 for your car insurance. Like what exactly is that covering? And yeah. so, you know, I think, I think that's something that's really important just because it's only $5 or however much your car insurance might be. You want to make sure that you're still getting all the correct coverages and that if you were ever put in a position to where you were in a wreck or something happens, you're covered. Yes, again, you don't want to buy auto insurance without having a conversation with the insurance agent and them explaining it line by line and asking what would happen if something would happen in this light. And for instance, if they're offering you state minimums, which is 25,000 per person, 50,000 per occurrence in the state of Ohio, what your question should be is, well, what happens if the cost is higher than that? And the, and the answer would be, it's on you. So you want to make sure that you have the right coverage. The other thing is, is that so many young people get caught up in the fact that they didn't have a great driving record while they were on mom and dad's insurance. And now they're on their own and they've seen what their, their devilish dues have, are, have done for them in regards to uh, the cost of insurance now that they, 
they were speeding or they got in an accident. And they, at first, of course, were more afraid of what their parents were going to say versus what the cost of insurance because they're not paying it. And sometimes, depending on the insurance company, these things can stay on your driving record for three to five years. And now you're on your own and have to pay it. And you're like, wow, I need to really clean up my driving record and really pay attention to what I'm doing because I am really paying the price. And sometimes there are very limited options depending on your driving record. Things like drunk driving, um, driving under the influence, those kind of things can really hurt your driving record. So being a young person, we have Uber, we have so many things nowadays that can make you uh, just leave the car where you need to be and, and, and go home and come back and get it later. Those are the responsible things to do. But auto insurance is driven, price driven um, by somewhat of your driving record. And you've got to be aware of that. Right. And then life insurance, Megan, you just purchased life insurance. Why don't you tell us why you did that? Yeah. So once this pandemic happened, like at the beginning, March, I'd say, my husband and I started talking about life insurance because he was furloughed and we started to realize how dependent we are on each other's income. Thankfully, because of everything being shut down and all that kind of stuff, we were perfectly fine. But if one of us were to ever pass away, we realized, you know, we are 100% dependent on each other's incomes and we could not survive if one of us were to die and we did not have a secondary source of income coming in. So we decided that we wanted to get life insurance because so many people were dying, unfortunately, and we did not want to be put in a position to where the other one wouldn't be able to survive. Um, and so we decided that that was just something we were going to invest in, even though we're both young and healthy and odd, the odds of us dying right now are really, really slim, but we would rather be safe than sorry. So what was your attitude before the pandemic? To be honest, what was your attitude? Did you think about it at all? Or was you, what was your attitude? No, I, I genuinely didn't really think about life insurance. I knew it was a thing. I mean, heck, I work in insurance, Sure. but I didn't really think it was that important for me right now because, well, at the time I, I was not pregnant. I don't have kids. So I was like, I don't have a dependent or anything like that. Um, I don't really have any assets because we don't own a house, even though we're looking for one. And I just thought it, it wasn't important. And then once the pandemic hit, I decided it really was important, even though we didn't have kids and we didn't own a house. Um, obviously now that we are seriously looking at houses and that's what we want our future to look like. I would have bought life insurance along with homeowners. And now that I'm pregnant, we will, obviously we needed life insurance for having a kid. So, so what you brought up was exactly what most young people think is that I don't have any assets. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very young and vibrant and I'm not going to die. That's how they think, which is fine. And then the last thing they talk about is that they don't have any kids or, or loved ones. So this is the perfect time to get life insurance, everybody. As a millennial out there, if you're listening to this podcast, this is when you want to get it. And the answer is the reason you want to is because you're young and healthy. You can lock it in. A term policy can take you for 30 years. 
So having this life insurance for 30 years at the same rate, and what we try to do is advise, like we did with Megan, is are you going to have a house one day? Of course. Are you going to have kids one day? Of course. So instead of getting the minimum of 150000 I think Megan got 250000 because now her life is going to change. Hence why you want to have a personal insurance review. If I didn't know Megan, she wasn't here every day. <laughs> she bought life insurance before she has purchased the house and, and got pregnant. When I see Megan a year from now and say, Megan, has anything changed? Well, actually it has. We bought a house and we had a kid. And so when you have that happen, then you have to increase the life insurance. The strategy is, is to get a lot more life insurance now versus waiting till something happens. And what people are thinking is, well, I'll just save now and get the lowest amount. And then when things change, well, there's a lot of things that could change. One, your age changes. And what happens if your health changes? If your health changes, that rate on that other policy that you're looking to add on because you bought a house or you had a kid is going to cost you more. So why not secure a lot of life insurance now for a long period of time at the lowest price possible? And that is the best strategy you could do as a millennial. Yeah, we go into a lot of detail about life insurance. And we did this for Life Insurance Awareness Month on episode 18, if you want to give that a listen. Yeah, great, great point. Hey, let's take a quick break from this episode. We will continue in just a moment. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. American Family Insurance. Think you can't afford life insurance? Think again you might be surprised at how affordable it can be. 80% of Americans overestimate the cost of life insurance. Maybe it's time to swap a few small expenses for some big peace of mind. Life insurance can protect what matters most, and it's the right thing to do. Let's talk today. For details, contact Cashmere & Associates at 614-923-2886. American Family Insurance. So now you have to ask yourself, how do I know I'm not overpaying, right? Megan, why don't you talk about some things, not in insurance, but what are some of the things, because I know you probably have something, that you check to make sure you're not overpaying on stuff? I check a <laughs> lot of like fun things, you know, like clothes or devices and okay. stuff, you know I always want to make sure that I'm getting the best deal for the same product yep. and so you know I typically check out all the places it's kind of like Black Friday shopping you know you want to make sure that you're finding the place that has the best deal yep. you, you line up all your things you know you go okay what about this store what about this store what about this store and then you go okay they have the best deal or maybe they're all the same you don't know but you got to do some research before you figure it out yeah I think it's good advice to get anywhere from two to three quotes. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a great thing, but it really comes down to your connection with the agent. Um, here's what I always say that if an agent delays getting you a quote, meaning they take a while to get you the quote, they're getting a commission for getting you a quote because they can ultimately sell that policy. I always uh, relate this to what is your claims experience going to be when they are not getting a commission. If they're great at getting you a quote, communicating it to you, it's really fast, you understand it, you have a relationship with them, 
They're easy to talk to. They answer all your questions. They return your calls really fast. That's probably what you're going to expect on a claim. When they don't get you the quote, you call them back several times asking where the quote is. They get you the quote. They don't call. They don't respond. That is probably someone you don't want to do business with. So you're measuring up all three companies and the one who has uh, the, I guess, the cheapest or most inexpensive rate could be that person who doesn't respond. And what their attitude is and what they think is, well, we're the cheapest on the block. So if they want it, great. If not, too bad. I've got other people that won't look at the coverages and only care about price. Don't buy insurance on price. I'm telling you now, it'll be the biggest mistake you make. Of course, if someone's double and it's the same coverage, of course, you don't want to go with that person. But most of the time, everybody's within a, a few dollars. So what you want to do is find an agency that you trust, know and like, and that you can do business with them, not for just now, but for through their entire life. So growing with someone is definitely a, a blessing when you're doing insurance. I love talking to people that I've had for 20 years and they're so loyal to us. Our retention of people over 23 years is 98% because they know they've been with us since day one. We do personal insurance reviews and we talk to them and we've been there through every life change. And that is satisfactory to the client because they feel a need for someone to be there and protect them. And that's what we try to do here at Cashmere and Associates in American Family. So making sure you're not over or underinsured is also a tough thing to do. Sometimes having those three quotes and seeing what's different, you can ask the other agent, so why did you do it this way? And then to ask this agent, why'd you do it that way? And find out what their explanations are. If you only have one quote, Megan, you can only go by that one quote. So if somebody gives you state minimums, you don't know any different. That's why it's a great idea to get three quotes. Education, you know, what you need to know about insurance. I mean, we have Google. It's really easy to get on, but ask some questions, you know, just like anything else that you're investigating, look at Google reviews, look at Facebook reviews. Um, maybe there's somebody that you can talk to, maybe a mom or dad or a family friend that you can talk to and, and get some advice about what they did. And they might have a referral for you. So the things that have changed so much since I was 20 and looking for insurance is just how many coverages and endorsements there are out there. You know, with auto insurance, it was liability, comprehensive and uh, collision there was towing and there was some rental car, but there was not these endorsements like uh, lease and loan protection where you could protect your vehicle if, if you had, if you were a little upside down on a lease because the car, uh, the car was wrecked in the early, early part of the purchase. There are so many things out there that uh, you can purchase now and that just aren't available. And the same thing with home. Uh, like we talked about with the endorsement uh, episode, there are so many things now that insurance companies are going to cover. Uh, of course, you've got to pay for that, but there's an opportunity if you want those coverages. And then, of course, the internet back in, the internet was very, very new. Um, and that has helped us tremendously of doing research, you know, like Megan just talked about, doing that research and helping and finding out what 
what people like and what people don't like is always a great tool to have. Megan, how about you talk about your experience of, of purchasing insurance for the first time? Yeah. So my first insurance policy, I went under my parents. My parents had an insurance policy. So I just had a policy under them. And then recently, I'd I'd say probably last October. Yeah. Last October, I switched to American Family. And um, I've had a really great experience. And I mean, yes, I know I work here. So it's probably like, okay, Megan, get off your high horse. But seriously, I, I had a really great experience. Um, Gabby did my husband and I's auto policy along with our renters. And she got back to us really quickly, literally within 30 minutes or less. And then Madison signed us up for a life insurance policy. And we did that in August, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. So that one is relatively new and she took great care of us. She made sure we had everything that we needed. She asked us a lot of questions to make sure that we were getting the right coverage. And I think I felt really comfortable because I could tell that they genuinely cared about my insurance coverage. They genuinely wanted to make sure that I had everything that I needed and that I wasn't signing up for anything that I didn't want to have. So I felt like that was really nice. And the thing about um, the company my parents are with, which there's no shame to them, but they never communicated with me. I never talked to them. I just said, Hey, you know, I I need a policy. And I was emailing the girl and she's like, okay, yeah, no problem. (laughs) I was like, okay. I never had a conversation with them. They didn't really know anything about me. Whereas everyone I talk to through American family has been so nice and it's genuinely asked me questions to make sure that I'm getting the coverage that I need. And that's how I know that we're with the right company now. And if you can find a company or an agency who genuinely cares about your well-being, then they're the right company to go with. So Megan, how did you know that you had the right coverage when you're not talking to the agent when you first got the policy? Basically, I just sent so for the renters. So they put my car insurance in my name. It was exactly what my parents had for me and that just transferred over. And then our renter's policy, I just sent them what the requirements from the landlord were. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they just were like, okay, no problem. And they just sent me uh, my deck pages. I was like, okay, cool. So I know that it's all done. Yeah. But But you had no conversation of things that might be out there. Like maybe you had a really expensive laptop that you would take with you and leave places and that might not be covered due to the fact that you didn't schedule it. Yep. We never talked about that kind of stuff. So I, the first thing that Gabby said, she was like, okay, like you have a good amount of personal liability. What about this? What about this? And she was just asking me a bunch of questions and I could tell, you know, deep down, she cared about all my stuff. Sure. Wanted to make sure that I wasn't put in a position to where I was screwed if we had a huge house fire and we lost everything. Which Let me ask you, you being in insurance, do you have a lot of your friends ask you questions or ask you advice or, or give Sometimes. you experiences that they had or anything like that? Sometimes they do. I always tell my friends I'm not licensed, yep. so I'm probably not the person to talk to, but I have heard stories and I think I have a basic 
a basic idea of insurance now, which if Ty can literally say, I knew nothing about insurance when I first started this job. I literally knew nothing. I am, but I'm not licensed. So if my friends ask me for advice, I'll be like, you know what, this is like the general thing. I think we tell everyone, but if you really want an opinion, you should call into our office because I know someone would be more than willing to give you a personal insurance review. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a, that's good advice because some people don't think about getting a personal insurance review before they get a quote, because sometimes just reviewing what you currently have can show a lot of holes that you might have in your program. And then you can go from there. Well, great. Listen, this uh, hopefully was uh, very helpful for not just millennials, but anybody out there that's looking to shop, you know, with 2020 being such a tough year and some people losing their jobs, you know, we get to the end of the year and it's always budget season, right? We all start looking at where can we cut? Where can we uh, make some differences in our lives? And uh, again, price should not be the number one thing, but obviously it's the one thing that gets people out of their chair to go and take a look. And American Family Insurance is super competitive. Right now, we are carrying through our relief for COVID-19 through March 31st of 10% that a check will be cut back to the clients that are current clients with us now. And then any new clients will get a 10% credit on their bill in the first quarter based on our relief for COVID-19. Super proud of being part of American Family and what they're doing for people out there. We're the uh, industry leader in that. We've done a great job all through 2020 and we're gonna carry it through the first quarter of 2021 because we wanna make sure that we're protecting dreams out there. So thanks a lot. This is our last episode for 2020. Have a great holiday season and we will catch everybody back here in the new and improved 2021. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to Stay in the Know, the Ty Kashmiri Show. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. We post new episodes every Monday. You can also follow us on Facebook at Cashmere and Associates, Instagram at Cashmere underscore Associates, and Twitter at Ty Cashmere. Have a great week.